Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? This is Biddy from DGB. I'm here to put y'all up on game about Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a quick rundown. Now, basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Now, here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. So no matter what your setup is, you can start creating today. That means you can't make no excuses about you got to go on Amazon, get this microphone, get this certain camera. I need this and that. No, you can go right on Anchor, record today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify and any other places where you uh, listen to podcasts. Um, You can do that with a single tap. It's easy. Just record, click. Anchor is also the only place where you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. Now, with Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. All you got to do is go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what's your excuse, man? Get started. Like, now. I'm bigger ranking ministry, and I'll just jump off the court for DGB, man. You heard me? If you don't know your worth, you will always settle for less, though. Hard work. Bigger ranking, man. Welcome to Off the Porch. How you feeling today, man? Feeling good, man. Yeah. Appreciate you being here, man. It's an honor to have you here on the porch with us today. It's an honor to be with you guys. You know, we've been rocking forever, man. Yeah, I was going to say, our history goes way back, you know? For real. Um, I want to start this off and just uh, ask how you're feeling. Uh, I know last year you were hospitalized with a uh, kidney failure, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and um, like I tell all my friends and my family, I have a situation. I don't have a problem. Hmm. As long as you're accountable for anything that happened in your life, you're going to be good. Hmm. I felt like you know, a lot, of, a lot of parents died and left their kids millions of dollars. You know, my parents left me with good old diabetes hmm. and high blood pressure. Hmm. But they took good care of it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, throughout the years, my eating habits, hmm. just me running and 
and doing everything because been married to hip hop for that, this many years, it takes a lot away from you. And when they told me my kidney was at 17%, oh wow! I had my son with me at, at the doctor's office and he was like, 17%? I'm like, yeah. And mm. it didn't take long after that before they told me I had to go on dialysis. And, um, yeah. First couple of time, have those needles sticking in your hand three times a week. Hmm. Oh man, like it hurt, it hurt so bad the first couple of times. Yeah. And then you gotta sit back and you gotta look at yourself and be like, hey man, I've hmm. been through worse than this. I done duck bullets, stabs, all types of stuff. I done been through worse than this. Hmm. I can handle this. Yeah. And when you have a team around you, your kids, your friend, people you work with that just adore you. It just gives you so much strength and make you feel like every time they come visit you, it's like you drink a Red Bull. Hmm. That's what you feel like when your friends and people who care about you come visit you. So people can say, oh, I can do this myself. Oh, no, no, no. You need loving people around you yeah. to get you to this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned uh, you do dialysis three times a week. How long does uh, one of those appointments take? Four. It's four hours. Four hours. Four, four hours now. where they mm -hmm. take your blood out clean your blood and put it in. Cause when your kidney go out, you really don't have nothing to clean your blood and all the yeah. toxic and stuff that get up, getting your blood, you gotta be cleaned out, you know? Mm -hmm. and, uh, when I go on tour, I do it where, whatever city I go. Okay. I do it to make it convenient for me to travel because, you know, for 28 years I'm in the club hmm. and being around entertainment, one Saturday night I was laying in the hospital. I didn't know what to do. Hmm. You know, I'm used I never, to having a Saturday night off. I'm always, I'm always working. So, you know, I, I was born in Jamaica. I was born at home hmm. by a midwife. I've never been to a hospital since I was, you know, since I was born. Never uh -huh. been in the hospital. So it was something new to me, but it's always something that I had to conquer. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, you know, because in life you're going to have these obstacles. Mm -hmm. And the way you beat them is you got to be accountable for whatever happens to you or whatever you did to make this happen to you. Yeah. Can't blame nobody for that. Yeah. When you blame people, you're just looking for excuses. So you, know, you get up every day, oh man, I'm so sick. You're gonna be sick. I get up, I go work out my trainer. You know, I try to eat good. You know, my girl, <laughs> my family try to keep me in a good, you know, you stray a little bit, cause yeah. that's just life. Mm -hmm. That's just being human. Yeah. And did this incident uh, slow down your grind at all or did it make you go even harder? It made me go even harder because I can't let nothing block me. I can't let nothing stop me. I can't, not, I can't let nothing discourage me from doing what God set me here to do. Hmm. I'm a little different from most of the people who do this music thing, you know. I felt like my life here on earth is to get these young artists out the street before the law trick them out the streets. Hmm. That was just what I go by ever since I came in the game. Hmm. And I haven't regret nothing I've done. Yeah. Nothing. I think everything I've done straight from the heart. So yeah. I have no regrets. I yeah. do it all over again if I have to. Yeah. And still standing today. Always. You know. Always. Uh, you're now the head of A and R over, I think it's a game now too, right? Yeah, yeah. How did you land that position? Uh, man, you know, when you come in this game, I always tell everybody, keep it fake with the ones that's fake and keep it real with the one that's real and make sure, make sure everybody will earn your loyalty. Mm. And um, 
I came, you know, when I met, first I stopped messing with um, Rich Homie Kwan. Okay. I was through, you know, I was breaking him in Florida, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then Trinidad James, Day Day, you sent me the stuff and, you know, I was breaking the artist and all. I came and I met Fly. And then, you know, Fly kept calling me to come check out Lucci. And hmm. I went by and they said, you know, we have a lot of DJs came by here and checked him out, but they said he needs some more club songs. Hmm. I said, I think he's a superstar. Because when I got to the studio, it was like 20 guys in the studio and everybody was singing each and every one of Lucha's song, word for word. And Lucha was just a person that listens, like, hey man, you know, we gotta go to Louisiana, we, we gotta go to Shreveport, you know, your record's not playing over here, we gotta go to, to, to Houston. He was like, yeah, come on, let's go. Hmm. Even when Lucha was making $25,000 a show, we still went out and did promo work. Mm -hmm. He was hungry. He wanted this. And he was like, he'd tell me every day, I want to take care of my family, man. Like, I ain't never met a rapper that always about their family, his kids, his mama. He just want to take care of his family. That's all he talked about. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was so encouraging for me yeah. messing with him. So after I lost my kidneys, you know, I'm laying in the hospital bed and I'm dozed off a little bit. My girl, my family in the room, and I woke up and I'm look. Lucha was sitting there in a wheelchair because he had just had to operate do the op, um, procedure on his ankle or something, okay. you know. Yeah. And Lavish Lee was pushing him in this wheelchair, <laughs> and his assistant was there, and um, Fly standing right next to him. Hmm. And I'm not gonna lie to you, when you're in the industry, and something go wrong with you, you expect your friends to come see you and your family. So now they became, even though they was always my friend, my close friend, now they became my family. Hmm. And um, DJ Drama is something, me um, Prince, um, Jay Prince book, and DJ Drama sent me some flowers. These are people that I, I knew they're so busy, I never expect them to do anything for me. Hmm. And man, you know, fly them, they spoke to me. And so when you get out, you know, come out of the office, we want to talk to you. Hmm. When, Say, man, I um, want you to be an A&R and gave me the big chain and everything. And I'm, I was like a rapper. I'm like, damn, man, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like a rapper been signed here, even though I've been in the industry so long. Yeah. It was a difference. It made tears came to my eye because here is some, you know, it's a male dominant feel, you know, mm. but here these guys show the compassion mm. and love and appreciation to do this for me. So. I always forever loved Lucha because he was the first artist that I did intros for. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. That when he put the record out, he put it out with the intro yeah. on all platforms and called me to shoot the video. Hmm. He was the first one to do that. We did patience and everybody was like, oh man, it was so hard. But Lucci, really, you know, him and Fly, like, you have to be in this video, like, yeah. you the man. You, you, you know, you gotta let people know, the younger kids need to know who you are. Hmm. And the one I did, the Heartless record, mm -hmm. we were just looking last year at all the kids that graduated from high school and college yeah. and how many of them used 
Take as little as three minutes to see if you could save on motorcycle insurance with Progressive. Come on, you've spent more time than that trying to name your bike. Hmm, how about the Crusher? I guess it's not really crushing anything. The Silver Bolt? No. Oh, oh, what about Pepper? Mysterious. Is it a pet or a condiment? Surprise! It's a motorcycle. Uh, no, that's stupid. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. A couple of those lines really? in their speech, and it just made me feel huh. feel good. I, just, I had to call them and tell them thank you, hmm. you know. And a lot of people think you know you get too big to thank people, yeah. but in this industry, a thank you go way further than a check. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. because it made the relationship more stronger, and people know that you care. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. that's what that is. That's the, that whole A and R thing. That's where it came from. Yeah, it's a long story, but yeah. that's where uh, it came from. Mm-hmm. And what are some of your responsibilities with that role? Responsibility is me go out and find some okay. good artists. And then when it's time for them to put out the project, we sit down, we listen to music. You know, people don't really understand. I used to be on the outside. <laughs> I didn't know it was this much work. Yeah. Like, like there they fly. Man, nephew, they sit down and they go through these records and the artist is going to argue with you. No, I don't want to put this one. I don't want to put this one out. And I want to change that version. It was, no, I think that verse is good. And like, oh, I don't think that verse, you know, it takes a lot of tug of war. Like A&R job is not something you just go and get you some money. Yeah. This is hard, hard work. Mm. I respect them now more than I used to when I was on the other side. Yeah. And what, what type of uh, qualities do you look for when you're signing an artist? A stardom. Like, um, we just signed a kid from South Carolina. I can't say his name because we're going you know, to blow it out maybe in a week or two. Okay. But I just watched this kid rap. And a minute into his song, I was like, he's a star. <laughs> Some people just got it, man. A lot of people will call me that I know because I've been in the streets for so long. Hey, big man, talk to CEO. Let him sign me. I'm like, well, who else want to sign you? You know what I'm saying? Because if nobody wants to sign, that means you just your numbers ain't up. Your, yeah. your Spotify numbers, your YouTube, you know, your um, you probably only got 55 followers. You know what I'm saying? Get some people to know you and talk about you, and that'll let those people come to you. Mm-hmm. When you create a buzz, they come to you. Because like I always said, you know, everybody I was calling like, hey, man, I got the biggest buzz in my city. And I'm like, a buzz is like pregnancy. It's going to show. <laughs> so we'll wait, and we'll come get you. Yeah. But you got to have that buzz and you, 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 the work ethic's got to be immaculate. Mm-hmm. Some people get signed and have 50 records. And they got signed and a year after they got signed, they only got 58 records. <laughs> Some people get signed with 50 records and in a year they have 200, 300, 400 records. Yeah. These are people that's building catalog. That one. That's what labels are looking for. A lot of times people be like, man, the label tripping, man, they got me on the shelf. But do you think the labor spend all this money if you don't have nothing for them to push? What are they gonna do? Hmm. They're not gonna just put you on the shelf to lose money. Yeah. But until you get a hit, something that makes sense, they have nothing to push. Hmm. You know, so these guys gotta understand, like, if you want the labor to love you, you gotta do things yeah. for them to love so they can love you. Mm-hmm. But if you're not giving them nothing to push, you can't say they're doing bad or doing you bad because your job is to provide them content mm-hmm. to get you hot. If you don't have that content to get you hot, no. Yeah. It's not their fault. 
And I used to blame the labels, like I said, from the other side. Because I've been a street in all my life. Yeah. So I used to blame, man, I can't stand the labels. But after you get to <laughs> get used to the labels, like I done some stuff for the label, you got to wait on your check from the label. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You be like, man, when is this check coming? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it said three days. It turned into two weeks or whatever. Yeah. But it's just certain things that they do corporately that you have to get used to. Mm-hmm. You have to learn to go their way. And then after you learn that way, you can get comfortable. You know how to space yourself, how to space your bills and stuff like that. Cause yeah. you know it's not coming in three days. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I can't blame them. It's just, if you don't know something, you just gotta ask questions and learn. Yeah. And then go, roll with the tide, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, you mentioned you, uh, being a street A&R. Um, was getting an offer like this, to be an A&R at a label, like a goal for you ever at all? It wasn't because I always felt like the corporate way, it was so different and and, and it take long to pay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I get my money fast all my life. Yeah, exactly. You know, but just to come over, to honestly tell you, I was working too hard. Hmm. They work smart. Hmm. But I keep telling artists, even though you got streaming, and even though you got, you can put your content on YouTube, all this stuff, you still have to go touch the people because your features and your shows is what really get you that quick money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them be like, oh, we good on the internet with this, we streaming. But you know, yeah, you can still wait on your little streaming check, but go out here and touch these people. And hey, my name is Blase Blase, this is my singlet, give it to the DJ. You know, make some type of relationships with these DJs, keep going, just keep hustling. Go to these markets and, Hug these people, talk to them, shake their hand, let them know who you are. Mm-hmm. A lot of them don't want to do that. It'll depend on the internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why when they jump in the crowd, there's nobody to catch them because they never met nobody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't have that hand-to-hand contact, you know? For real. Yeah. All right, so uh, let me ask you, how have you managed to stay relevant in this industry for over 20 years now? Man, to stay relevant is, is, is you have to change. I've changed so many times. You know, you'll be the team player, then the team coach, then yeah. the team general <laughs> You know, I did a lot. Like, when I moved to Atlanta, it changed me a lot because it's more media. Yeah. And I've learned in this business, the more you stay away from the media is the more irrelevant. You're not relevant staying away from the media. You got to be in the media. Because if somebody don't say what you did, then nobody know what you did, especially in these days oh, yeah. with the younger generation. Mm-hmm. So I always just, I get up every day and I think a little different. I think out of the box, you know what I'm saying? So, okay, you know, I'm the only DJ that got a team name after me, like Team Bigger Ranking, because we built a team. You know, me and Rob Jogganat, Breezy, you know, Mika, you know what I'm saying? Nat, we all built this team. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And, um, this team is like, we real close, like we stick together. Mm-hmm. And it made me more relevant because if I post something, I have like maybe 50 people posted after me. Oh yeah. Because it's a team. Mm-hmm. But we all, everybody their own boss. Hmm. You know, I help and um, I created, you know, what we have going on, but everybody's their own boss. Yeah. And Rob Jogganat, you know, um, Al Green, Boss Security, they're the closest thing to me. Hmm. like. Like this guy's been around me for like over 20 years. Oh wow. So if I have a word that I that I'm saying, they can correct me. Hmm. 
And if I'm putting an intro together, they can tell me like, okay, use this word, use that word. These guys are just real, real close to me in my life and, and, and what I've done. And um, I'm thinking the other day about my documentary. Hmm. And I'm like, these guys could just do my documentary and I just <laughs> sit on the side because they know what I like, they know what I hate. You know what I'm saying? They know everything about me. If you're gonna ask Al Green or, or Rob Juggernaut, anything yeah. about me and they can explain to you like, man, bigger didn't do that. That's not bigger. Um, I might take a picture and Al Green will call me and be like, take that down right now. Your eyes look kind of jury, you know? You know, or, or something might goes on in the club and he'll see and call me like, what was that? Okay, make sure you correct that, and, you know? Yeah. And even as a grown man, you're glad for that because it's somebody who really, really respect you and appreciate your craft and what you're doing. So yeah. I've built myself around some good people. And a lot of people don't understand. The people I came up with is the same people around me. So when I get to the top, I don't have to hire a bunch of people. to. I got to pay you to watch him, pay him to watch you, yeah. pay her to watch him or whatever. I've been paying my money just for people to watch people to keep my money right. I'd be broke paying people to keep yeah. my money. Right. So, you know, I'm glad. I'm, 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 and that's how I stay relevant is just having people around me that I trust and the media. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Yeah. And, and, my, and where I blew my mix, I haven't changed. Real nigga radio is the same. Hmm. It's the same drop. Yeah. And a lot of people that ask me who, who gave me that first real nigga radio drop that I kept, and that's Sean J from Fillmore. Really? Huh. It is untouchable and i yeah. did the, the other one and he did one he did two and um, you know, i have drops from jesus from every artist you could think of ross yeah. everybody <clears throat> but that's the one i use all the time because it's authentic mm -hmm. and at my age i could never change all that stuff because that's the stuff gonna go down in history yeah you know what i'm saying for all the artists that real nigga radio broke yeah oh man it's endlessly i could not sit here and just name him out for you because I'm gonna miss somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I never, all the artists I put in the game, I never look for them for nothing. Hmm. Because I feel like I get my blessing from God, not from man. Man can give me an offering, but he can't bless me. Hmm. And I used to be like that when I was younger. Like, oh, I broke this guy record. He can't even come to my birthday party. And then I look at my kids going to college. They have a nice car, live in a nice house. I'm like, here is where the blessing coming from. Mm. Sometimes you be looking in the wrong places for your blessing. Yeah. And I learned that at a young age, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So. Yeah. And uh, speaking of mixtapes, um, they've taken a hit the last couple of years uh, with the rise of streaming. Um, does the game still need mixtapes in 2019? I, I probably do five, six mixtapes a month, mm. you know, because I host a little different from, from a lot of people. My intros, is even bigger than my whole oh, host. Yeah, they're legendary. You know, so it's basically, they're paying really for the interest. Cause I don't talk that much in mix it no more cause that doesn't work anymore. Hmm. Some people be still asking for that. Yeah. Hmm. You know, but I basically do the intro. My intro is big and what I do with my mixtape, 
I have a team. We all post it. We all push it. So my mixtape has come real different. It's just like doing an album. Yeah. You do a mixtape with bigger ranking as an album. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a, de- a, a, a wicked intro. That, 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 when you listen to the intro, you kind of understand what the content going to be. Yeah. And then I might drop something in the middle and then I've got outro and that's it. So it's just like an album. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's no different. Um, the new 2 Chain album, I got a skit on there. And, uh, oh, really? Huh. But my name wasn't on the album. Hmm. But after that song, I said, I got a skin on it. Hmm. And um, somebody called me, hey, man, I didn't know you was on a 2 chain album. I said, I'm on, I'm on a lot of albums you don't know I'm on. <laughs> because I say stuff with substance and people yeah. kind of gravitate to it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, you know I mean, I'm in my 50s. Yeah. But I came from, I hung with a lot of older people when I was coming up. And some of the stuff they said, I have to get older to understood what they mean. Because, hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of things. Being in Jamaica as a kid, you hang around with older people and they say stuff and it just sounds like it just go through your ear and come through the other. But when you get older, you understand that that make a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So what role does the DJ play now in uh, 2019? I would say it's a good role because... Like, if DJs don't play your song in the club, how you going to get club shows, man? Hmm. I mean, they have to play it in the club so the, so the consumers, the customers hear it, they hear it, they hear it, they don't want to see you live. Plus, the greatest thing that's done for the DJs is artists cannot blame DJs anymore why they didn't make it. Yeah. We don't get the blame no more since they got the internet and all this stuff. They cannot blame us anymore. Yep. It's not our fault. <laughs> You feel me? That's a good thing about it. But I feel like DJs should just keep doing what they do. And and, and like I said, the difference about me as a DJ is is, is I got a couple of people like in my, my team that always, you know, I have like, I think we have like 73 DJs on my team. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, we send them the records and we do conference calls and I still, you know, get one of them and, you know, let them see what, how they feel and other records out there. Blah, blah, blah. So, we, you know, we still have that network. Mm-hmm. You, feel, you feel me? So DJs still mean a lot to this business. DJs, DJs will never go away. Yeah. Even if you're on autoplay, <laughs> DJs will never go away. DJs always going to be here. But I just feel like I was telling DJs, you know, try to apply for a different job in the music industry. Yeah. Because there's a lot of openings that we can do because, mm-hmm. you know, we are the ones that make all the decisions out here. Mm-hmm. So apply for jobs. Don't be scared to apply for those jobs. Yeah. Because you're qualified for it. Yeah. And a lot of DJs are transitioning to uh, producing right now. Definitely. Did I, you see that trend coming? That's beautiful. Well, I don't know. Since, since, since you'll be around it a lot and they've been around producers a lot. Yeah. And a lot of DJs are producers. Mm-hmm. A lot of DJs are producers. So, and I, especially when you go to like a Red Bull clash or something yeah. like that, uh-huh. the, the, the producers doing the clash. Hmm. You know, so yeah. I've seen it coming. Yeah. You know what I'm I, I can't produce. No. I feel like whatever I do, I do it so good, I don't want to add nothing to it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you know, I might go to McDonald's and I want a, a Big Mac. And just the way they do it is good. If I got to go back there and, cook, and learn how to cook that Big Mac, it probably wouldn't be that good. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Whatever I do, I want to be excellent at it. And whatever you do, I want you to be excellent at it. And we get together and just make history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, your breakfast with bigger videos on social media is um, where you give out a lot of game and advice are a big hit. Um, Why did you decide to start doing these videos? Man, the, the, the breakfast with bigger is is I be 
when I get up in the morning, and um, especially since I lost my kidneys, um, and I was training, I used to get up and go with my um, with my trainer. And to go to get up in the morning, the first thing is to go exercise. <laughs> if you're not a person that been doing it all your life or most of your life, it's a little difficult. Yeah. So when I got up and I was going, I, n- I never answers my phone because it's all about energy. Hmm. And if you call me and be like, oh, so-and-so got hit last night, whatever, it just bring my energy down. So I said to myself, I'm not going to answer my phone before I go work out because I want to keep that good energy going into the working out. I'm like, damn, that makes sense. I said, you know what? I just start every morning while I'm going to work out, I, I just start spitting some game. And it just, but it just come right. If I, whatever I wake up, whatever I feel on my heart, that's what I spit. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And everybody was like, until somebody from LA called me and be like, hey man, we need to put this together and blase, blase and whatever. And I'm like, I don't know if I could do a show with it because I just speak off my heart. What if I don't feel like speaking anything tomorrow morning? Hmm. You know, that's the, stuff, that's the fear I have, you know, because coming up in life, you know, as, as a kid, you know, um, my dream was to be a preacher hmm. at my own church. Hmm. So a friend of mine said, well, man, you know, they got a school over there. You can go learn how to be a preacher. No, no, no. I want to be anointed. Hmm. I don't want to be appointed. Hmm. If I'm going to preach, I want to be touched with it. That means when I'm doing it, you can see everything coming out of my face. When I'm talking, you can just feel me. Like like I could look at T.D. Jakes or, you know, know, our Joe, um, I forgot his last name. But, I, you know, I, I watched that little thing all down. They could save me at a time. Joel Osteen, Joel Osteen. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. They could save me anytime because I'd be, I'd be into what they do. You know what I'm saying? They deep. You feel, and they can break it down and get right back to it, you know, like that. So I think, I, t- I think my next job on earth, after this DJ thing, I'd be a preacher. Really? Huh. Yeah, because I love God. And yeah. He, he had brought me through so much misery. He had brought me through a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like I told you earlier, when you start being accountable for the stuff you do, life is just so easy. Hmm. Don't worry about nothing. Yeah. And that's real. And you really embrace the role of being a, an OG. Uh, why is that role so important to you? I hated the word OG because I always <laughs> thought I was too young. <laughs> so it's so crazy. Until I have my grandkids calling me OG now. You know, every day I slip up every now and then. Hey, man. <laughs> they be slip every now and then and call me OG. But being, when, I, when, when I was young, everybody my age never really liked me. Because, hmm. you know, I missed their father figure out, act like I was too smart or whatever. Hmm. But the OGs always look out for me. Hmm. And I get along with most of the young rappers than I do with the older rappers. Because the younger rappers, they're listening to me. Hmm. When I talk to them, and I was just telling a friend of mine this the other day, when I was coming up in life, on Sunday morning when I go downstairs, my mom had my breakfast, daddy was moving around a little bit, and eat my breakfast, and on Sunday, you know, my, my clothes are spread on the bed for church, then the church bus come and we went to church. Now most of these kids, they, they get up in the morning and go downstairs, and 
Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Couch with somebody from the club last night. Mm. Well, my breakfast at Mark, he went in there and fixed himself something to eat. And he'd go outside and he sits with his friends. They talk, they have fun, and, and that's how he grew. Now, that became his family. So when something go down and they hurt one of them, he ready to kill the world for them because those are his family. Most of these kids end up raising themselves nowadays, a lot of them. And a lot of people, you got to listen to their music. A lot of people don't understand their pain. They think they're just talking. No, it's different. And, 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 and I, you know, some people laugh when I say this, but I was saying, like, when Jeezy came out and he was talking about a couple bricks and the bales of weed, when these kids hear that now, these kids, this generation, they go to CVS and get their drugs. <laughs> they don't know nothing about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Prescription drugs is the thing now. Mm-hmm. So they know nothing about it. So I, I just feel like, as an as a OG, we got to reach back out to them because our destinies are tied together. Remember... The stuff that we did bad, they watched us and glorified us for that. But now we're going to get a couple of dollars of move in a good neighborhood and send our kids to private school and then turn our nose up at them. So I told them, if you're not really going back to help these kids and explain to them what's right or wrong, pretty soon the OGs won't be able to go to the corner store and get a pack of cigarettes. Hmm. Because we are the one need to go back and let them know. Like, this ain't right. A lot of these younger generation. Say, oh, man, you're rapping too many bars. Or, oh, man, they really don't know. If you don't tell them, they don't know. Hmm. All of them are just trying this music thing because this is a way out. And they, and they have their own little sound. Mm-hmm. They're just different. Huh? I'm, I'm glad for them. I'm happy for them. Yeah. I'm, I run into these young kids all the time, and I'm proud of them. You know, I just want to tell them, don't do this. Because I've seen so, so many people did this and bump into a brick wall. Yeah. I saw so many people bump into this and crash. I saw more, more, a lot of people bump into this and go, bro, don't do that. Hmm. Don't do that. Trust me, that's not good. Yeah. You know, and tell them how, you know, don't just go spend all your money on this and that and whatever. Because you, you get a, some money from these labor. It's a loan, man. Come on, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Take care of your money. Spend it right. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just go blow it at a whole bunch of stuff and be broke next week. You know, and, and they, a lot of them understand, a lot of them listen, some of them don't. But, you know, I'm going to do my best to see how many of them I can reach. Hmm. Uh, and, and as long as a few of them listen, I'm good. Yeah, no, that's real. And do you feel like the youth is being misled through uh, popular music? Mm, not really. No. Not really. Some, you, you got to understand, when we was young, 
we hated, I mean, we, we hated when the older people telling us that this was bad or this yeah. was good. Like, mm-hmm. figure we knew everything. I think in some cases, some of the stuff they could hold back, mm-hmm. a couple of the words they could hold back in some cases. Yeah. But like most of the music you hear, you know, from these kids is like shoot them up, kill, kill, yeah. sex, and drugs. It's a little different, but you got some of them that got different music too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're good. I think whatever we can fix, we should fix yeah. instead of just go step to the side and say bad things about them. Mm-hmm. We should, you know, go up in front of their face and say, hey, this type of language ain't gonna work here. These word plays ain't gonna work here or whatever. I don't think we should criticize them. I think we should let them know what, what's the, some of them don't know what to say. Yeah. They're just saying what's on their mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's uh, switch it up to uh, Duval County, um, which has seen the music scene there the last couple of years really explode. Why do you think it took so long for, you know, the rest of the world to catch on what was going on in Duval and Jacksonville? Media. Media? Media. Um, Duval, you know, I, um, I went to Duval and created a culture. Like I used to play Strictly Reggae when I first got here, you know. Then yeah. I switched over to the hip hop on Florida Avenue and we did what we do. Um, Young Cash, T-Rone. You know, we have a lot of people that was doing their thing. There was a sign in as much as how they're doing now. Hmm. And you, we didn't have the internet back then. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everything was off the muscle. Yeah. The internet came in and it helps a lot of people. I mean, I help as much as I can with people from Duval. Yeah, you do. I never like, sometimes, you know, my city, oh man, you didn't, what, why you didn't get this person signed? Or why you didn't get that person signed? Like, it's nothing I could do. Like, I'm a DJ. <laughs> All I could do is play your record, let somebody else recognize what you got going on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All I could do, I, I, don't, I don't hold no keys, to no label or whatever until now. Yeah. And, and even now, to sign somebody from my city, they still have to have the numbers that the label want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I help a lot of them, a lot of them in my city. And I love my city because that's where I started from. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I first moved away, <laughs> a DJ was on the mic and said, oh, man, big ranking and moved to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Then when all the artists in Jacksonville, you know, got on, then they moved, but it wasn't no problem then. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Because I was the first one to do it. You know, it was, it's cool, mm-hmm. though. You know, I love my city. I, I do whatever form. And we have a lot of talent there. Yeah. And um, I really want labels to go through Duval and, and show some love because Duval got talent. They, they're doing so good right now. I'm proud of my city. Yeah. yeah, that scene is really on fire right now. Do you remember when you put out your first tape? Yeah. <laughs> what year was that? Do you remember? It's probably about 20 years ago. 20 years ago. It, it, it was an artist called Floaty. Big Floaty. Hmm. Big I Floaty. actually remember that name, yeah. Yeah, Big Floaty from here in Atlanta. Okay. I did his first tape. And then I did um, my first major tape was Pliers. Hmm. You know, 36 ounces. Yeah. Oh, man, I talked so much junk on that tape. <laughs> I was just like, you know what I'm saying? I was just... Somebody asked me if I was irate about something, if I was mad about something, but I just went off. It was, just went off. You know, it was, beautiful. it was beautiful. Yeah, speaking of your intros, uh, you know, we mentioned that so many of them are so legendary. Where does the inspiration come from for, uh, you know, what you, what you say on these intros? Inspiration on the intros came from, like I was telling you all, 
I used to watch those those movies with the gladiators and stuff. And when they come in on the spear and knock the other person off the horse and all that. And, you know, that was a deadly thing back then. You know, I used to love to watch it. <laughs> but the thing that really got my interest was the guy who introduced the gladiators. <laughs> so when I watched him, and you can see when he when he's saying the name, he's walking around, it'd be goosebumps on the people's hand. Like they're loving it, cheering, like, hey. And then, you know, when he come out, he performed better because this was the guy that introduced him. So that's how I want to be. Hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, having Rob Dragonock and Al Green, you know, when you write something, you can have people look at it or you call them and y'all put it together. It just come out way better yeah. than just you. You know what I'm saying? But I had, you know, I had substance in everything I do since I was young. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I substance deep like when I talk about something or, or, or you know even with my kids and I have 12 kids hmm. and um we got 10 girls and two boys oh wow and uh I invest in all my kids uh that's why I'm so blessed because I took care of all my children you know what I'm saying and even them I have a daughter um Oriana she she, she go to family when she writes her 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 caption to anything is just like me Oh yeah, substance and, hmm. and and feelings. You know what I'm saying? Because if I really care about you, and I think about you, I'm not gonna text you. I'm gonna call you hmm. because I'll be thinking it's a reason why I'm thinking about you. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's how that's how my kids think too. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm I'm deep into that substance stuff. Yeah. People around me, I've never as a as a DJ, I never played a diss record. Because I'm not into this record. Hmm. I'm not into beefs, none of that. Hmm. I'm just into music. Music sued the savage beast. If you have a newborn baby, it's the music for that. If somebody dies, it's the music for that. You know what I'm saying? If you're going through some tribulation, it's a song for that. Yeah. Whatever you go through in life, it's a song for that. And I, I don't take advantage of music. I don't take music for granted. Hmm. I love music. You know, I was brought up in Jamaica where I was brought up in Kenny Rogers, Never Brothers, you know what I'm saying, Dolly Partner. Them the type of stuff I was brought up on. Hmm. Otis Redding, yeah. all that type of stuff. So Percy Sledge, so I can go you know, way back with that stuff. I love music itself. I'm embraced by music itself. I could walk into a club. I don't know care where I'm at or whatever. When I get the microphone, hmm. it's like I can really feel the pulse of the city. Hmm. So when the first word come out of my mouth, they're just gonna follow me all the way because I'm into this. I love this. This is something that my soul, I have a passion for this. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I think, you know, in my casket, I might have a turntable in the casket on uh, the microphone. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I feel like I would put here. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Yeah. I want to leave. I want to leave with microphone and a turntable in my cask. Hmm. That'd be hard right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to ask you about a, a couple specific tapes that you did. Um, start with Gucci Man uh, from Zone 6 to Duval. Um, oh. What was it like working with Gucci on this project? Man, Gucci Man is like, uh, he, he's different. <laughs> Gucci man is different, man. He, 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 you know, we, every time Gucci man get out of jail, I'll be the second show he do, huh. you know? 
because when, you know, Gucci was going through it with Jeezy and all that, I always played his music. Me and Gucci was always close. Me and Jeezy cool. And me and, like I said, I don't get into beasts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I really, really like both of them. But that tape, man, Gucci had spun almost $25,000 in beats. Oh, wow. And we went to Patchwork and get some of the beats mixed. And we went to Jacksonville. He had to bought a car of it. We went to Jacksonville and, met and did the tape. Hmm. So it really was from Zone 6 to Duval. Man, if you listen to that tape, you don't really hear nobody explain those records. Hmm. Those were just my records. Hmm. And um, that was the first, that first time I heard a rap on Pandora. I had Zone 6 to Duval had his own station in Pandora. Really? <laughs> forever. Forever, way back. That was one of my... That, that was one of my huge tape accord, you know, just like 36 ounces replies. That was yeah. a huge tape. Mm-hmm. You know, I went on my first time on Rap City. I went on Rap City. I had the little cover holding on while I was on, oh, yeah. on in the basement of Rap City. <laughs> <laughs> I was holding up a little cover, you know what I'm saying? Um, Who was the host of Rap City then? It, it, it was, was a guy from Tampa. Mad Lynx. Yeah, Madeline. Madeline. Yeah, Madeline from Tampa. And, um, and then I had a, um, my other huge tape with Yo Gotti, CMG5, CM5. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was another one I was going to ask you about. How oh did that one come about? Man, like me and Gotti used to be like always, when I, when I met him, uh, Ricardo Hunter introduced me to Gotti. And I got with him and man, we just started doing some tapes and taking him. I took Gotti to some little country towns and, you know, mm. all that stuff, man, I had a ball with Gotti. You know, Gotti tape, Gotti always made good music. He just yeah. put, he put the best songs together. Mm-hmm. And we put it together, man, and it just, I, I, I have some pictures of my, um, when I was living in Jonesburg, I just moved to Atlanta. Mm. Like, you know, and um, we were sitting there bagging the tapes up, <laughs> you know, bagging them up, putting them in there, I was just bagging them up. Yeah. It, was, it was fun just bagging them because it was heat. <laughs> You know, the first, the first, the first cocaine music I did for Yo Gotti was so crazy. He was in St. Louis. I still got a picture of it, hmm. and he put it in a Ziploc bag hmm. and tied. And it was cocaine <laughs> music, and they took a picture of it. You know, and it was beautiful. Hmm. It was beautiful. And um, I'm gonna tell you another one too that was great hmm. um, tape that I did. <clears throat> you know, I did, we talked about the Gotti. We talked about the flies. Young Buck, I did a tape with Young Buck. Okay. Hmm. OJ the Juice Man. Oh man. That was a hard man. I'm talking about that tape was so hard, man. And Ross, did some beautiful tapes with Ross. And then yeah. Two Chain, of course. Trapper yeah. Valley one and Trapper Valley two. Trapper Valley two is really what set two chains <sighs> off in my eyes, yes, you know, man. as a solo yes, sir. Yes, sir. Trapper Valley. And then Young Dolph. Hustler's Paradise. Man. <laughs> that was the tape that really, that, that was the tape that made me book Dolph for South by Southwest. <laughs> man, we went, oh God, we went, we went crazy on that tape, man. What did you see in Dolph back then? You know what? The crazy thing about Young Dolph, Ricardo Hunter introduced me to Young Dolph okay. again. It was in Memphis. Me and him and Kingpin were sitting, you know, in the IHOP and we talked and he was like, yeah, man, I, I want to do a tape, man, but he had some personal stuff he was going through. Hmm. So he gave me the music and we had the music for like a month. And he was going through this personal stuff. 
we never got, you know, so he, he supposed to send me two or three more songs. Then he called me, he said, you need to talk to me. And he came, he told me, he said, look, man, I got some problems, you know. And he told me the problem he was in. Mm -hmm. And that's when I changed the intro and I used that intro. Um, I think it came from a movie called The Town or something like that. Huh. When he said he had to tell the judge something, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that's what I used for the intro. Then I started talking and we just went crazy. Man, the thing about Dolph, the thing about young Dolph that separates him from a lot of rappers, after we did that tape, we went on a tour. You know, after I do tapes, I take the artists out. Mm -hmm. We went to Orlando. I'm waiting on Dolph. He had just went and pulled his wisdom tooth out. Yeah. He came on the tour. We met us in Pensacola first. Hmm. His jaw this well, he can't even talk. He talking like, you, you, you know, <laughs> he, he talked funny anyway. Plus, he, you know what I'm saying? He would do it. And then I'm speaking for him. And then when he got to Orlando, he swallowed a little more. And he still, I'm like, man, you need to go rest. He said, I want this, hmm. I want this bigger ranking. And that's why until today, hmm. every time I look at Dolph, I can see him with a towel over his head, his jaw swell up like balloon, hmm. telling me he want this. Hmm. And that's when you know, that's it. Yeah. That's the work ethics. That's the person that's gonna make it. I need to use him as an example. Hmm. I need just this drop right here to show people when they're sitting around crying about, man, I've been up all night. Away. I wanna show them this. <laughs> he pulled his wisdom to that jaw, this world, still on the road with a towel over his head, hmm. trying to make this happen. And that's why Young Dolph deserved everything he got right now. He deserved it. Yeah. He's blessed. Um, yeah, let's talk about these uh, street and greet tours that you do. Uh, you take these artists, um, you know, around the different radio stations, nightclubs, networking events. Um, where did the idea come from to start doing these? The street and greet tour, um, like I said, Boss King Conglomerate, um, Al Green, which is something I should call him my manager because he <laughs> he bodyguard me, manager. He he my life coach. He did everything. You know what I'm saying? And um, we, we, we were doing it, it's called meet and greet. I said, man, I say, you attract the craziest people in the world. You, att you attract just the craziest people, man. The thugs, the craziest. So it need to be street and greet. And we put, and we put it together and we start moving. Hmm. Uh, man, I, our first candidate was 2 Chain. Hmm. We run 2 Chain all the way through Florida. We went crazy. We went crazy. Then we did um Snooty Wild. Okay. Then I remember I had Lucci, Cat One, Bankroll Fresh, Black Youngster was at a few dates with us too. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Young Greatness. Man, you know, um, I had a little baby out for for four four trips, hmm. or four or five trips before he went up, you know, and, and did his thing. Um I I brought the Migos out. Like to, to Tampa, we did like two, two of them. Hmm. And I did like, man, every, every, most of everybody in the game yeah. have went through the street and greet thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I do it now and it's, it's so easy now. Like back then I had to do it four weeks out. Now I could just do three, four days out. Cause I do three weeks out a month. Okay. I do four days and then the rest of the days I just do my, my book dates cause I, I get book all the time. So hmm. I still gotta do those dates too, yeah. <laughs> my hosting and stuff. And uh, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. We help a whole lot of artists. The artists that we just signed the TIG from South Carolina, I got them off the street and greet. Hmm. Okay. You know, so it's, it's, 
it's, it's, it's a big help. Yeah. It's a big help. And a lot of people call me and I just can't, I wish I could help everybody. Hmm. But you know, I tell everybody, I'm like FEMA. Everybody <laughs> gonna get a check. Everybody just ain't gonna be satisfied. <laughs> And uh, a lot of these artists, this is their first time hitting the road, right? Yeah, it's their first time hitting the road. Yeah. And like I tell them, when you go on the road, if I bring it, when I go into the city, we made sure we got there. We do um, studio, which is a meet and greet. Then we do radio, and then we go to the club afterward. Hmm. If you go to these three places at each stop, and you ain't, and when we finish with it, and I come to you and say, how many numbers, how many contacts has you saved? If it didn't save none, you don't need to go back nowhere with me. Because you don't want to be great. Hmm. You just want to come out here and get on Instagram and say, oh, I'm on tour. <laughs> you don't want to be great. When you want to be great, you got to be hungry. Because yeah. if you're hungry, in hip-hop, closed mouth don't get fed in hip-hop. Mm -hmm. You got to speak up. Mm -hmm. You got to step up to people. You got to talk to them. Yeah. Whether you're a photographer, a singer, whatever, you got to speak to people. You got to push your card. You got to let, hey, this is my, you know, this, this is my code. Scan it. Mm -hmm. Go to my thing. And, you know, you, you, you got to work, man. Yeah. If, if you don't work, you're not going to eat in this business. This is not for quiet people. The only people should be quiet is people that write the check. Hmm. Yep. Yep. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba da ba ba ba. Um, with these artists, is there one mistake you see these artists constantly making? Yeah, yeah. A lot of artists. I take for instance, you go to the club and you say, "Okay, I'm gonna go to the club and I want to, you know, listen to music, what's going on, and see if I can." Well, you go in the club, you buy a section for like three, four thousand dollars. You buy a bunch of bottles, but you have no promotional item with you. Hmm. So you mean to tell me you spend five grand in the club for the bottles and the section. You don't even have a stand up saying like, hmm. I'm blase, blase, this is my booking number. You can reach me here or whatever. I got a singer coming whenever. I feel like that's nonsense. But then you spend $500 with somebody, you want to cut their throat to do your $50,000 worth of work. Hmm. When you just go blow $5,000 on some liquor and just letting some bitches see you jumping up. You ain't even got a, one of your flyer, hmm. nothing. Hmm. No promote. I feel like what artists have done now, they don't do enough promotions about themselves. Hmm. They need to promote themselves. Yeah. Sometimes, man, I ain't got no money, it's just me. Okay, well, it's just me too. Hmm. Like everybody is just me. You got to promote yourself. Because people see you promoting yourself, then they'll help you. Mm -hmm. If you're not promoting yourself, I don't know who you are. Yeah. And why would anyone else want to promote you if you're not even promoting yourself? That's what I don't like about it. That's a mistake I think most of them make. They do not promote itself. I know artists that got everything on his page but his single cover. <laughs> he got all the latest Jordans. He got all the nice shoes he just bought, the ring he just got. Hugging up a couple of bitches, but you will never see nothing about his music. The thing that needs to make the money to pay for it, all this shit you push, it's not up there. Why do you think artists don't promote themselves? Because they feel like they have somebody to do it. Like, this is the way I look at it. If you're an artist and you pay me $100 to repost your video, mm -hmm. then I repost your video and they click your name and it goes to your page, the video is not there. 
<laughs> wow. Wow. I don't feel like looking at nothing else because the video that I just saw that belonged to you, I came to your page that's not on your page. Explain that to me. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, it seems backwards. Yeah. Real backwards. <laughs> All right. Um, all right, let's talk about family. You mentioned family is very important to you. And um, you got 12 kids now, right? Yeah. yeah um, can you talk about some of the sacrifices you had to make to make it where you're at now in your career? Man, the sacrifice is missing the first step from some of your kids. Hmm. Um, I lost a couple of girlfriends because I got married to hip hop. And the time you spend with them is just not enough. Hmm. And sometimes time... Time in a relationship means more than money. Time in a relationship, time matches right with love, you know? Yeah. You gotta spend time. And, and, and what happened to me is with my girls, because I have mostly girls, I love them to death, you know? And I always, I, you know, we, you know we, we talk on text messages, like we have a group text or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I love my kids with a passion, like, because I felt like my mama had a bunch of kids and she raised all of us good. So it was my job to show her that I could do it too. And um, I, have, I have grandkids too. Hmm. And man, I love them. You know, I love, I'm just glad I'm still young enough to take my grandkids to Disney World yeah. and play with them because my grandparents were too old to do that for hmm. me. But kids, I feel like if you take care of your children, your blessing is unconditionally coming. It's always coming. It's a lot of times that in my life, I wanted stuff and I prayed for it and it came immediately because, and I think it because I took care of my kids. Hmm. I'm always there for them. I never, I never left, no matter what they want. I'm always there for all of them. All of them can vouch for that. You know, when I was in the hospital, the doctor was like, he never seen nothing like that before. Hmm. You, know? you know, all my, all my daughters was there and say, yeah, it is my crew. <laughs> and, um, you know, my girl, she she look out for me too, make sure I'm good. Yeah. You know. She makes sure everything is good, make sure I I take my medicine, make sure I make the right moves. She 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 go with me everywhere I go. You know, she's like my bodyguard. <laughs> you know, so family's everything. Yeah. You know, I always tell people like friends you can choose, but family you gotta keep. And, and that's my thing, you know. Um, I tell people every day that, you know, you know life, life is great, but no one gets out of life alive. Hmm. So no one gets out of life. Can't nobody come back and tell you, okay, this is how life will know. Hmm. When you're gone, you're gone. So whatever you leave here is that legacy that people can really, really embrace. Yeah. And if, if you can't leave a legacy for people to embrace, why was you here? You don't have to be a bigger ranking to leave a legacy. Just gotta live good, man. And I, you know, I've done some wrongs in my life, but I'm just glad that I can. I, I had time to correct them, hmm. you know, and make my life better. Yeah. Especially with my children, like I don't have none of my kids that hated me. I don't have my kids that be like, "Oh, daddy ain't this or daddy ain't that." It's always, "I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you." And um, when your kids tell you love, you don't need no money. Yeah. That's money. Hmm. When they tell you they love you. Yeah. You know? I'm grateful. Yeah. Thank God for them. 
Are any of your kids in the music? <laughs> Making I, music? Be honest with you, I have my son, my last son, he loved music. And my um, I have a daughter go to FAMU, Oriana. She she said, um, uh, I'm go I'm going to school to be a PR because um, I want to give you all the media you want in your life. She <laughs> said, I'm going to go to grad school and be a lawyer, but for right now, I'm going to be a PR so I can give you all the media you want in your life. You know, she's just, she, she just a sweetheart. Yeah. You know, my kids is like, they'll text me and be like, what's up? And I'll be like busy all day. And then call back and they would text me a threatening letter like, like, like what? I've been calling you. Wait, where you at? Why you not answering the phone? Why you not answering? What's, what's going on? I'm like, you're not my mama. <laughs> but they all act like they're my mom, you know? And that, that makes me feel good after I read the text. You know, I yeah. couldn't wait to call them, you know? So beautiful, man. I'm good. All right, uh, I want to talk to you about uh, DGB Pooh, who, uh, who uh, passed away last year. I know you and him were really close. Um, what can you tell us about uh, you two's uh, relationship? Man, Pooh, Poo, when I first met Pooh, he was with Q and he was gonna go on this tour with us. We went on a tour every city we pull up in. Everybody time, what's up Pooh? I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like, I'm, I'm getting, I'm supposed to be getting all the greed. Everybody know me, but everybody knew this guy and they loved this dude. And man, the more I stayed around him, dog, he just became like a good, good friend. Pooh, you know, people call you like, hey, what up? What's going on? Pooh call you like, hey man, what's up? What you doing? Uh, I'm chilling. Um, if you got anything now, let me know and get on the site. You know, always trying to do something to help somebody, you know what I'm saying? And I spoke to Pooh. They get his phone, they can see. I spoke to Pooh the same day. Hmm. He was out in um, LA, I mean, up San Francisco, wherever. Yeah. He was like, yeah, man, I'm out here, man. Um, I'm, I'm about to bring this dude on the next meeting, street and greet with you because I got a situation for him, blase, blase. We out here doing some stuff with blase, blase, and we finna go to the studio later. That's the last time I spoke to him. Hmm. And like I explained to you earlier, Pooh had cleaned his Instagram out but the only picture he left on his Instagram was with me. And I, I screenshot it because that meant a lot to me. Because even though I was older than Pooh and I teach him stuff, he teach me a lot too about the corporate part of the music. Hmm. He made me want to be an a hmm. You know, he teach me, he knew a lot. Hmm. And I didn't, I, you, know, I'm, you know, everything I know was just street. Put this here, play this here, put this over there, put that over there. You're like, man. You work too hard, Billy, man. You got to work smart, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I loved him, and I don't know. I never really met his wife. Yeah. I never met his kids. But it's like I knew them because we talk about them every day while we're on the road. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm, I'm going to take a, um, I tell my girl, we're going to take a trip over there and go meet with them. You know what I'm saying? Just, just we'll meet his kids, you know what I'm saying? Cause I couldn't go when he was getting buried cause I was in the hospital myself. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was around yeah. the same time, yeah. Yeah, that, that really hurt. Yeah. I love him, man. Uh, yeah, he spoke I, very highly of you too. I know he's in heaven. I know he's he looking down, he's he guarding us right now. He guiding us right now the right path. Mm -hmm. But I wanna, you know, I'm gonna, um, only person I know, one person I could reach out to get his wife phone number so I can call her. You know, just, just just speak to her because I want to meet his kids. Yeah. You know, he was a good dude. Mm -hmm. And I know he lives on in those kids. 
Yeah. I, I really want to meet him. I miss him dearly too. Miss him, man. You know, I, speaking of a, a, a pool man, when I was in the hospital, I said, when I get out of the hospital, first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to change everything I do, and I'm going to do celebrations. Like I want to celebrate people that achieve certain things before they die. Hmm. And Pooh was the first person I had on my thing. Really? Huh. You know, and that is something that we don't do. We don't, it's, it's people we want to achieve and achieve, and we see them, hey man, you're doing good, man, what up, man, everything. But we, we, we never just have a little dinner and celebrate this person's life while this person is alive, mm -hmm. you know? We, uh, that's something we gotta do because it's too many of us yeah. brothers out here that's doing good. Just people in the music industry mainly doing good. We gotta reach out to them and just, man, look, I, I, I can't afford Rue Chris, but we can go over here, man, at this deli, man. And I just wanna eat with you and a couple people so we can salute you. I wanna have a little party over here at this club, get a section, salute you for what you've been doing. Mm -hmm. I don't want nothing from you. I just wanna salute you and let people know what you've achieved and what you brought to the table. And we don't do that. No. We need to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, give people their flowers while they're still here. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. yeah. All right, make a last question. Uh, what does Dirty Glove Bastard mean to you? Oh, man. You know, I go back so far with Spearfield with Pooh. It's just like for, for years and years, you know, y'all been posting my stuff. I've been messing with y'all. And um, my business partner, you know, DJ Stickerbush, you know, Sticker Bush is a Grammy-nominated producer, you know what I'm saying? When I met him, he was like, yeah, they're the club bastard, man. They be doing their thing. <laughs> you feel me? And me and him, because, you know, that, that's who produced all my real nigga radios, everything. He do everything. You feel me? And, and, and me and Bush always talk about Dirty Bastard, Dirty Glove Bastard. We always talk about it. I'm just glad for what y'all bring to the table, man. Y'all make the hood people shine, and y'all make the suburban people look hood. Can't <laughs> <laughs> nobody do it. Y'all made the suburban guys look hood. And you know what I'm saying? Y'all made the hood people shine. You know, a lot of people don't understand what an outlet is. Hmm. You know, a, 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 a site that you can go to a site and expand your brand. And you just sit home and watch it grow. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like, you can't put a price on that. Hmm. You can't put a price on that. And a lot of people was, man, I want, I want all that dirty glove, man. Oh, how much how, how much it costs to get on? I said, man, call them. Because it costs to run it. They got employees. It's not like you just sit at home and just post. You got an office with employees, and they have to pay them, and this and that, and they got to pay to keep the servers going, all this stuff. Like, this is not free. It's not like your email. No, no, this is a business. And, and, and that's what I want people to understand. Like, people who started their own business in the music industry, they eat dirt for years before they got a piece of steak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so y'all got to understand, people not trying to rip you off out your money. You just got to pay so they can stay alive to make you look good. And that's what it is. They're the glove bastard. A1 from day one. And much love. Hey, man, y'all follow me on Bigger Ranking Zero Zero. Bigger Ranking Zero Zero on all platforms, man. For real, man. I'm here. One time for Nat the PR, man. She always keep it good.
I deserve it all. Yeah. Baby, I deserve it all. Yeah. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba.